Coming up, everything wrong with Mazda in just one press release. That's a highly efficient achievement when you think about it. Distilling it down like that to weapons grade. And uh, quick shout out to tennis playing peanut Novak Djokovic. <laughs> well done, you high profile anti-vax pelican. Welcome to Australia. Enjoy your flight home, dude. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. I do this enthusiastically sitting here, not wearing pants. And they say men can't multitask. The website for that, obviously. Or you can click the card that some, I don't know, YouTube AI wizard sporadically conjures into existence from deep in the metaverse. Up there now, dude. It's a bit early to call bullshit press release of the month, isn't it? But this one from Mazda yesterday. Mazda Shitsville was certainly a contender. Link in the description so that you can download the whole thing in all of its majesty and follow the bouncy ball, if that is your want. This report is my honest personal opinion. No reference to individuals is implied. The comment relates solely to corporate conduct and statements issued by the company in the public domain. Suck it up, corporate asshole lawyers. Yes. There is a whole department inside every car maker designed solely to deliver disingenuity, as if it's some kind of corporate contemporary virtue or something. The communications bullshitters. And I'm using Harry G. Frankfurt's definition. He's Professor Emeritus of Philosophy at Princeton University. Bullshit is not the same thing as lying, and you should certainly get that book. Link in the description, unless, of course, with a gun at your head, you can already explain to someone exactly what bullshit is. Most people cannot, even though we're all awash in it, especially since COVID. Mazda's bullshit is up there with the best, in my opinion. I'm talking totally first rate here. It's like the vehicles themselves only exist so that bullshit surrounding them can be lovingly contrived. Mazda seems to me to be totally divorced from the product it sells, and increasingly so, and also the people who buy it, kind of like you, although I'm sure they would claim the exact opposite. It's politics-level spin emanating from deep in the Schittsvillian automotive sewer. So well done. The real story here is that Mazda has just given the CX-5 yet another Joan Rivers-esque nip and tuck, only on the cheap in one of those discount clinics with a serious roach infestation. They have done the absolute minimum to constitute a near-death model sex up, and of course they've pumped up the price quietly by 1100 to 1200 bucks across the range and hoped you wouldn't notice. Some outspoken bastard will undoubtedly point this out, however, inconveniently. In fact, they've taken the CX-5 from this, that's the old one, and they've made it into this. 
That's the new one. Well done, quote, redesigning and, quote, redefining the matriarch. Like, dude, not even their mother could tell them apart. Jesus. Mazda Australia Managing Director Vinesh Bindi said the new model will better serve customer demand for self-expression further expanding the SUV's appeal. Right off the bat, fundamentally the problem with this kind of marketing masturbation is that nobody has ever darkened Mazda's door demanding self-expression. People really just want a new car and they hope like hell they're buying the right one because it's not something they do all that often. Let's run a thought experiment on this, shall we? When was the last time you woke up thinking about whether a particular five-seat mid-sized SUV could adequately serve your demand for self-expression? I suspect at least two standard deviations of the population will answer, never. Managing directors of Schittsville's automotive import operations are, of course, in my view, little more than glorified import clerks. So does what they say actually matter? It's a completely bipolar job as well. These people are perversely the big cheese of Australia, as well as, at the same time, the tiniest plankton within the broader ocean of the organisation. They're emailing spreadsheets back to head office and usually apologising for failing to meet this target or that one. So if I were advising VB, I would opine that nobody buys a CX-5 because they're on some Iliad-like quest to express themselves. That's absurd. It's a glorified family wagon. Dude, I would say. And not a bad one, but this is not an example of redefinition nor of redesign and certainly not a previously untapped well of fucking self-expression. I don't see these allegations passing the pub sniff test. Black highlights proffer an invitingly sporty look for the second to top grade GTSP. The gloss black signature wing, grille, mirror caps and wheels are complemented by an all black interior with red accents. It's gripping stuff, isn't it? Those black highlights, those red accents. Plus, pro tip, that's not a proffer. Fucking proffer is when you hold something up or offer it for acceptance by another party. You can proffer a glass of wine or a wad of cash under the table, perhaps, but black highlights are not proffering an invitingly sporty look for acceptance by you or anyone else, personal opinion. That's just epistemically subjective wank. That's as kind as I can be about it. They're just black fucking highlights, which they added because doing that was kind of cheap. The best those black bits can aspire to be is to make the new one incrementally classier as a kind of minor cosmetic tweak. In fact, this whole extremely minor update comprises a rejig of the grille with different headlamps and tail lamps, and Akira gets colour-coded plastic flares over the wheel arches (laughs) and leather. (sighs) 
Dude, these are the cheapest things you can change on any existing model. Mazda CX-5 Touring Active will appeal to adventure seekers. Best showcased in the new Zircon Sand metallic body colour, exterior cladding on doors and front and rear bumpers imply an outdoor spirit. O-M-F-G. Cladding cannot imply outdoor spirit any more than black highlights can proffer some other wonder bra quality, metaphorically. Like, come on. Statistically, nobody buys a mid-spec CX-5 seeking adventure. It's got a space saver, king spare tyre. So that's more or less an adventure-seeking black flag right there, isn't it? Unless, of course, limping home, hundreds of Ks on a space saver tyre appeals to you. Like, is that really on your adventure bucket list? Although, you know, when you think about it, that could be the most adventurous thing you ever do in that car, life on the line like that, middle of the night in the driving rain, on that space saver, on the freeway, with some B-double closing on you at 30 k's an hour relative speed. Just you versus Newtonian mechanics. Yes. If you want adventure, just get up a friggin' ladder without wearing pants, dude. It's very liberating and also quite challenging. But the breeze is lovely. Just... Do it responsibly and safely. I have a whole video on that. Link up there, dude. There is, of course, more. Enhanced further by a lime green accent on the grill. Inside, the same lime green accents seat upholstery and air conditioning louvers to carry through a sense of utility and SUV toughness. <coughs> You'd agree, nothing shouts adventure-seeking utility and SUV toughness louder than some vomit green stitching and matching air vents. SUV buyers, right? They're drowning in a sea of choice. There are endless alternatives. And air vents inspired by Kermit the fucking frog are not, frankly, all that compelling, at least... Not to me, and I suspect I'm not alone here. In fact, that is up there with Hyundai's fetish for red seatbelts from a couple of years ago. A what-were-they-thinking design decision. This one is, of course, straight from the Jim Henson interior design playbook. An unkind person might accuse them of mining right to the bottom of the bad-taste barrel with this one, because, as Kermit so famously said, it's not easy being green. Let me know in the comments. Is the Kermitification of CX-5 Touring Active an aesthetic triumph or a dead set vomit inducer? Don't hold back, dude. I can take it. Mazda CX-5 will also benefit from new generation technology. The seats have been redesigned to help provide greater stability. The driver will appreciate smoother acceleration with a more responsive and refreshed transmission, and improvements to the dampening control structure and increased frame rigidity help suppress unpleasant vibrations, reduce road noise, and provide a higher quality of ride comfort. How the actual fuck do you, quote, refresh a transmission? It's hardly a glass of Verve Clicko, is it? And because I've edited other people's shit copy for a living, right, 
any time a sentence is 58 words long, you should really think about breaking it up. Unless, of course, you know, Hemingway. Plus, pro tip, there's actually no new generation technology in all of that convoluted list of features. They bolstered the seats, they braced the unibody, they tweaked the transmission control ECU and the dampers. How is that new technology? And, quote, the dampening control structure. Really? Did anyone with an actual automotive engineering pedigree get a sniff of that bullshit before it went live? Because last time I looked, cars have dampers to control body motion. They're not structures, they're mechanisms, they're standalone parts. Dampers can be retuned to improve ride and or handling and or refinement, but there are no, quote, dampening control structures in cars. They just don't exist. It doesn't get more out of touch than that, does it? Although Toyota Shitsville whining on and on endlessly that Australian hybrid owners don't want to plug in, that's pretty close. But at least it is hilarious that they're tacitly admitting that the old shitter had unsupportive seats, rough acceleration, unpleasant vibrations, road noise and, of course, low-quality ride comfort. Well done, shit-canning the CX-5 that some poor slob bought, I don't know, just before Christmas. The objective reality is that CX-5 just got once over light lead and of course it's more expensive now. It's a decent mainstream SUV and the 2.5 turbo is a bit of a cut cat in a straight line. And I think they finally managed to figure out how to prevent the 2.2 diesel from going randomly poopy in its trousers. So that's nice. Look, CX-5 remains a viable mainstream family wagon. You know, kids to school, mum to the shops, pick up dad in the evening if he can't work from home with no pants on like the rest of us, occasionally getting up a ladder recreationally kind of thing. Sport at the weekend, Bunnings, visiting her parents, living the friggin' dream. It's for that. I'd put CX-5 up there against Forrester, which has fewer powertrain choices, but symmetrical all-wheel drive and a full-size spare, plus, of course, there's Tucson and Sportage, which are essentially clones, even though they're visually different. They both have full-size spare tyres as well, and the Kia has a seven-year warranty, which is kind of a plus to many people. Better customer support culture within Subaru, Hyundai and Kia as well. The evidence there, apart from the anecdotal stuff, is... Well, Hyundai, Subaru and Kia have not recently been found guilty in federal court of misleading and deceptive conduct, have they? Mazda has. That was on November the 30th last year, if memory serves, in a case brought against them by the ACCC, which had run for a couple of years. Frankly, this would weigh on a rational person's buying decisions, I assume, like it weigh on mine. Fines most likely in the millions are likely to follow when the federal court emerges from its post-Christmas food coma. Toyota RAV4 is, of course, available as a hybrid, and none of the aforementioned SUVs are, at least not here in the third world, but... Of course, the waiting list on the RAV4 Hybrid is so long that you could make the case that that RAV4 Hybrid is not actually on sale today, as a practical matter. And, you know, it is pretty mediocre, like many Toyotas. 
And they don't sell the RAV4 Prime here, which is without doubt the best one not actually in the range. You know, sloppy seconds for us, Australia. The only thing that would worry me about owning a Mazda, frankly, is the apparent disconnection between the company and me as the buyer and between the company and the product that it actually sells. It's as if these three things exist in silos and each is separated from the others by the cone of silence from frigging Get Smart. That could have spooky side effects if you have a problem with your new Mazda somewhere down the track. It's certainly something that I would consider rationally before I jumped and bought one. In my view, Mazda has to stop viewing buyers just like you as some kind of marketing abstraction and remember that you are a real person out there with real money, living a real life on the cusp of doing something which a car company executive never does, which would be buying an actual car for transportation and owning that same car for three to five years and hoping like hell at the outset that this is the best one for them within their budget and that it's reliable and well supported if something goes wrong. If you are that dude or dudette, it must feel like you're kind of standing on the precipice and getting ready to roll a rather large die to mix metaphors. Car company executives cannot relate to that at all. And that, I suspect, is why they seem so preposterously out of touch in their messaging. Personal opinion. 